Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, this is Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance, where our business is the success of your business. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, facilitator, and your co-host along with Scott Rust of the Elevate Business Podcast. The Elevate Business Podcast is a journey of discovery fueled by curiosity to genuinely understand what makes people tick when it comes to their professional path, choices made, and the personal characteristics that drive performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately success. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contribution of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful, the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person leaders from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their businesses, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to episode number 47 of the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Susan Richards, who has worked firsthand as a virtual CFO across industries for the past decade. As co-founder of Number Crunch, she's combining her entrepreneurial spirit and accounting experience to empower businesses through strategic financial guidance and support. Susan also supports the Ottawa business community as the co-chair of the board of Invest Ottawa and Bayview Yards. Susan is a past director at Canada North Business Association, an equal voice and advisor at Ambitious. Uh, We are excited to hear her business insights. Welcome, Susan. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your company, Number Crunch, and a little bit about your journey. We're excited to hear about that. Sure. So like myself, I, I do call myself sort of equal parts accountant and entrepreneur. I was sort of that entrepreneurial child that had the lemonade stand and then the dance studio. And I had some jobs, some um, self-created jobs sort of in high school and university. And then, but I got my business degree, major in accounting and did accounting um, for almost 20 years. Um, in my career, um, became a designated um, accountant through the CMA program. Now we're CPAs. Um, And I would say it was in the last decade or so that those two worlds came together in the formation first of um, co-founding a company called Giveopoly uh, with my business partner, Craig Hung. And uh, Number Crunch is the second company we co-founded. We sold uh, Giveopoly in 2018 Mm -hmm. um, after we had Mm -hmm. launched uh, Number Crunch in 2014. 14. Uh, so we're now six years in for Number Crunch. And it really takes, uh, I'd say at this point where I'm almost 50, and uh, I've come full circle with uh, all the experience that have kind of accumulated over the years and uh, kind of come to alignment. And I'd say that's my journey is that it took me a long path to 
have all these different components of interest. And now they're kind of full circle with um, what we're doing here at Number Crunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what I'm hearing there, Susan, is like throughout your years of experience, being able to align these different components of interest uh, to really be able to help support your team at Number Crunch uh, and the community as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, like along the way, it wasn't always that smooth. Like for instance, I was working full time as a CFO um, doing the accounting thing when we co-founded Giveopoly, which was an online marketplace for gifts. And it really started kind of a grassroots thing. And those two worlds were I was very separate with. As a matter of fact, Mm. I would attend, I'd go on CTV Morning Live promoting local business because we Giveopoly was a shop local business supporter. Um, But I was a little bit nervous that I hope my um, business network um, doesn't see me because this is not how they know me. And <laughs> so they were two identities for a number of years. Um, so it really was very different. I would put on one hat and then put on another hat. Um, and so that's, you know, that was its own strangeness for a while until I fully came into who I was and um, not trying to be like, I think a lot of us do that, especially I feel women mm-hmm. are often doing that performance. Um, where we're putting on a hat and putting on a show uh, literally used to wear fake glasses in my twenties because uh, I thought it made me look more like an accountant and what made me look older. Um, so there was a lot of that going on when I was younger, but as I've aged um, and accumulated experience and realized we're all just humans here. We're, we're not really um, the, the battle is a performance uh, achievement and success is really that with ourselves. Mm. <laughs> That's and a so really strong. They're real glasses now. Sorry, Ange. <laughs> they're real now. All right, I'm just confirming. They're real in the sense that I can't see you if I'm not wearing them. But literally, twenty dollar. Uh, these are my COVID glasses because you can no longer just use readers on the on on a call. Mm. Yeah, the full lens. So uh, pseudo fake, pseudo real. <laughs> but not there the you go. They were in my twenties. Literally, they were props. Fair enough. <laughs> We appreciate your candor of both parts of it. And you made a strong point with regards to showing up from a performance perspective. So what was that transition or that switch for you going from, you know, that quote unquote act and putting on those glasses to actually kind of standing in your own? I think it became clear to me when I realized like Givopoly was an asset and it wasn't something that was less than the professional career I had accumulated. It was, it existed because of the desire to look at my life fully and build wealth and um, diversity within a business portfolio. Um, so I, I realized that that was a strategic um, intention mm-hmm. and that that was not some, that was something to be proud of. And so there was just something that happened uh, almost in an overnight kind of experience when I, when I really just, um, saw the company as an asset. Uh, And I don't know why I didn't before then. I think before that, it was one of those sort of side hustles that a lot of people have done in the last five, 10 years, those people that had that entrepreneurial itch, Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't know if they were going to be full-time in it or if if it was a business they were going to scale or not. I had hopes and dreams, but as an accountant, um, I also have that side of my personality. It's very conservative, very risk calculated, um, like to cover my bases and have three mm. kids too. And so want to make sure everybody can go to hockey and, and things like that. <laughs> so uh, hedging my bets for years. And then somewhere in the 40s, 
I don't know. A lot of people say that you hit 40 and you just uh, start to realize there's a finite amount of time. Now, as this decade's going on, I'm even more aware of it. Now I'm in a hurry. Like, let's just go. Like, (laughs) go. (laughs) And make change too. Like there's an opportunity. Uh, Both businesses were created. um, They were new concepts and they were ones to, to try. Like I saw I need my business partner and I thought we could pull it off. And uh, so like, go for it, but you need some time and space and to, to try to make things happen and, and gather people together that are similarly aligned. And uh, I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd love to hear a little bit more, you know, you've mentioned, you know, gathering people together that are aligned and, and I'd love to hear a little bit more. What is your vision for the team at number crunch? And yeah, what does the next, decade look like for them? Well, I love that question because it gives me a chance to think about it. Um, like mm-hmm. I I think we think about the vision without really thinking about explaining the vision. Um, <laughs> and the vision is to help all businesses. We really see in, in Canada, uh, the country's economic engine is small business. 95% of businesses are mm-hmm. um, actually 98 or, or less than 50 people. So um, it's a huge percentage of the, mm. the businesses, yet they don't have financial expertise. If you talk to a business owner, the one area that they're, they're less confident in in their business is the finances side. And so we see how we can really help that, help empower entrepreneurs, give them the confidence that they need so they can focus on everything else and we can keep more businesses in business longer, help them grow and scale. So we see that vision to help the um, economy of the country. Um, and then we see visions internally to do things um, in a way that is reflective of our community too. Um, we really want, we don't want to have everybody look the same and act the same. We want diversity of thought. Um, we want our company to look like the country that we're, the community that we're a part of, which uh, ideally looks like the country that we're a part of. And we're in a very diverse community in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we want our, our company to reflect that. So we've intentionally hired people um, with diverse backgrounds. We celebrate that. And we the vision is that we celebrate that more and more. Um, I've noticed, you know, as Canadians, um, and we're, we're mostly Canadians, although a lot of us not born in Canada, um, are um, so polite that we, we never want to make anybody uncomfortable by asking questions. But how do you learn about other people's um, backgrounds and and cultures if you don't actually ask questions. So mm-hmm. I think the vision is one where um, we've got an accumulated knowledge of all of our diversity as mm-hmm. well and are, are really celebrating it on a regular basis and helping the community be be more comfortable doing that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a wonderful thought and it's timely too, Susan. And looking at your company from a wider lens around your people, what challenges do you face in keeping uh, team members or employees aligned with your company and vision? I think it's, um, think it, I find there's always two sides to everything. Um, and, and of course, we're in a business of helping businesses. So we know we see not only our particular business, but all of our clients. So I've had the privilege of being able to work with a, a quite a volume of, of businesses and, mm. and CEOs. And I see how they share their, their visions. And I think that the challenge is to make the vision relevant to, to an individual. Um, so an organization could have a big goal with a company, but at the end of the day, 
what are the people that are participating in that? What is their daily job? And how does that, does it matter? Um, so for us here, I think probably we could do a better job sharing more of a vision. Um, instead, what we try to do is help people understand what their task at hand is. Um, so keeping it really within the confines of their role and responsibility. And we take on certain responsibilities that we don't leave with employees in order to, to help us reach our vision. So for example, our business is a service-based business. So um, clients are paying us for services. We want our employees to be able to serve the client, but we don't want them to have to worry about the financial implications of that. If something takes longer than expected, we don't want them to have the contrasting worry of, of the profitability of that relationship. Um, and so, but obviously, as a, a being a financially successful business, we do have a vision to do that, to have both balanced. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we've chosen to be selective about information that we focus on in order to, we believe, help people focus on in a way that will ultimately help the company get to the, to reach the vision. Mm -hmm. That's how we've looked at it. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Like I, we're not there yet. You know, we're not done of this journey. Um, mm. We're evolving as well. So, um, I, you know, I don't think we'll have regrets, but I think we'll continuously improve. So I may have another thought in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a really strong point, Susan, in the sense of looking at, the kind of peopling side of your business to ensure that it's aligned with all of your objectives, but further looking at it from a perspective of it's a continuous journey and things may change in a year time. And um, I could, if I was a betting person, I would strongly bet that more than likely they will, but it's the, the mindset around ensuring that you're being curious from where you're sitting around your organization and how your team members are doing and, you know, making sure that there's that balance there proverbially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're always trying to put ourselves in the shoes of our employees, rightly or wrongly. Um, and so we've, you know, we introduce things um, to try to help um, with the experience. So five weekends a year, we boost a long weekend um, so that everybody gets a set break, whether they can do a vacation. Vacations cost money. So not everybody can always afford to go on vacation, but mm. to take to ensure you get a four day break periodically. And this year we introduced RRSPs because we really want our people to be with us long-term. We want it to be a long-term relationship. So um, there's, you know, things that we're always trying to pepper in that reflect how we want the relationship to coexist and mm. um, benefit, but we may be wrong in what people value. Like that's another learning I've had is that I um, it's like if you give someone a gift, you're giving them a gift that you think they'll like. It may not be what they'll like. Mm -hmm. it's, it's trickier to know um, how to make other people happy. But, um, well, good intentions get you pretty far, I think. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. And I think that's a good segue into, the, into another question here around um, what's the environment you're looking to create? Or even that you've created, I guess, virtually over the past year and a half with your organization that you found has helped uh, help your team thrive? Um, it's So it's always been changing for sure. Uh, COVID has been, I mean, now incredible. Looking back, it's it's been very, it's a great experience to have gone through. It was very challenging. 
Uh, for us, though, I would say as we were going through it, we were typically an in-the-office company. Um, so all of our employees worked in the office nine to five, Monday to Friday. We had multiple mm-hmm. offices. Um, COVID hit, and like most organizations, we were then uh, dispersed, working from home. Um, and we've come. We've been an essential service. So there's been working in the office, working home sporadically throughout this whole journey. Um, but we we um, we pulled our our staff um, a few times. Um, to see where they were at with how they preferred to work. Our question was really around, okay, now that you've been doing this for a while, do you have a preference? Do you want to work from home? Do you want to work in the office? Do you want to work um, in the office part-time? Um, and we have a variety of responses and those responses have changed over time. Mm. So I think ultimately we want to be results focused. That's our ideal is that it doesn't matter where you work from to us, um, you work where you're comfortable focusing. Um, but it becomes challenging. The more that people are away, the harder it is to maintain a relationship like that mm-hmm. physical connection really is helpful. So we're kind of all um, still borrowing from the relationships that we had fostered pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet, this has given everybody a lot of practice on video calls. And um, I, you know, from our client relationship, this is the most efficient way to deal with clients and to, um, you can certainly get the benefit of in-person relationships at the same time. This is very efficient um, and allows us to um, serve clients quite well. So I think overall, um, the environment we're looking for is flexible. We want people to feel like they have the flexibility and have the consistency. Um, we want a friendly environment where people can concentrate when they need to concentrate, but that they do get social engagement too. Um, that's what we're hoping for. Mm. So it's it's hearing you, Susan, in the sense that it's not so much of, is it remote? Is it not remote working, but rather the environment that you're looking to foster and maintain with your team members um, and your clients. Absolutely. And I'm so thrilled and proud of our team because um, we do a weekly office vibe survey and it collects uh, feedbacks and rankings and we have a highly engaged staff, which I'm super um, proud of. But they also are really outspoken in sharing um, that a highlight for them is how collaborative their colleagues are. So Mm. we have managed to get an environment where people are not competitive with each other, that they will share information, they're eager to share. And so anytime anybody gets stuck or sees something for the first time, they have uh, uh, colleagues that are there to ask questions. And, you know, that's just priceless. That is, um, and is uh, an office helps to foster that. It Mm. makes them easier to do. We can kind of do it in hangouts, but I think those relationships and that kind of culture is blossomed by an office space. That's fantastic. And kind of diving a little bit deeper in and around performance, what systems are in place to support your employee performance and what works well and what are some areas for growth? Okay. So, well, I mentioned the office vibe that we do. Um, We also applied for great places to work um, certification this year. Um, Our intention was to get a baseline of see where we are so that maybe we could get the certification in the future. And we were pleased to find out that we got the certification. So we had a great response and and it's based on employees answering questions. So uh, it comes right from them. Um, So that was wonderful. Um, But we'll continue to apply for that to keep our finger on the pulse to ensure that we're, you know, meeting the 
um, the needs of the staff. We believe happy staff are productive staff. So Mm. it is important for us to um, foster that. Um, We also have PD days. So pre-COVID quarterly, we would do a PD day. Um, We've pulled a few things from school systems that I I liked as a kid. So I like like recess. Um, So we tried to do recesses here as well. Um, A bell that would literally go off, uh, reminding everybody to go outside. Um, But um, in COVID, we we migrated the the day because that's a long time online um, to a couple of Fridays a month, we do uh, a few hours of training um, to help people, you know, move along and things like the types of processes and procedures we do using tools like Excel. Um, there's always shortcuts and tips that everybody can benefit from. So um, we do that. We also, from a um, you know compensation standpoint, our philosophy is to pay what it would cost to replace somebody. Um, we stole that from, I think it was Netflix. It was somebody about a decade ago that came out with that public um, policy that we really liked. And um, so that helps us um, identify and, and provide feedback and um, salary increases and promotions uh, when we spot that um, people have taken an initiative. And when I think about when your previous question about the environment we want, it is one where people are the change that they want to see. So when you feel frustrated at work and you wish there was something, well, be the something or create the something we Mm -hmm. want. We don't want people to feel like they have to wait till they're asked or granted approval um, just fill that need. And we've had some incredible um, progress from, from staff here that have multiple promotions and um, are proving that at least in some examples that that environment is, is happening here, which mm-hmm. we're thrilled with. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing a theme here, Susan, around empowering your people, whether it be um, you know sharing the information that they need to be able to do their job properly uh, creating an environment where they can be focused or, or work from their best and also providing them the space that if, you know, they see changes that they'd like to make, um, actually that they have the space to go out and the power to be able to go out in there and, and do that. that so it seems is like people are really important. Uh, sorry, go on. Like when I think back to my career, I was 12 mm. years in a, one organization. I thought I'd stay five years and I stayed 12. And it was because um, I had the opportunity to grow with the company every time I saw and to something that they, they could level up to. Um, nobody stopped me from doing it. So I had about seven different job titles and, and grew um, from an entry level position to the CFO at that company um, just by having the ability to do that. And so that's, um, that, you know, that's, that worked for me. And so I'm hoping that that is can be helpful and and work for other people that anybody that's ambitious come like there's the sky's the limit and a lot of our people um, that have come internationally they're trained internationally and unfortunately in Canada we don't necessarily recognize Mm. all the designation and and credentials that people have earned so this is a place where you can have your skills valued um, because we're not subject what's not a public accounting firm we're not subject to the same level of um uh, a requirement from that standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. So smart people that are well-trained, that are ambitious um, can do very well. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And so uh, kind of putting you on the spot here, Susan, what keeps you up at night when it comes to the people side of your business? Oh, it is all the people stuff. So I, I, <laughs> I've learned like, you know, if you ask me what I've learned, I, 
law of attraction to me is a real thing. Um, so if you worry about something, it will come true. Mm. Um, now I'm in the dangerous spot of realizing that or believing that for myself. So mm. I try to, anytime I'm having the negative vibe, I, I try to find the focus. Um, I'm much easier at detecting things that I don't want. Um, so I'm, I'm very sensitive. If I feel somebody's unhappy, it really bothers me. Um, if I see, um, like we have things like time, our people have to keep track timesheets. And sometimes you see that they're not tracking timesheets. And that's sometimes an indicator that the engagement's down. And um, those things really bother me. Um, I, I, I realize though, that it, that creates a bigger problem. The more that I'm worried about other people's happiness, the more I'm actually contributing to their, their lack of happiness. Mm. It's better for uh, me to stay focused on what we're striving for. And then the words that come out of my mouth, the energy that I give contributes in that direction. So um, uh, that's what I do. I have podcasts that I listen to or, or different things that I listen to at night if I'm having a sleepless night that are basically telling me that. They're telling mm. me everything's good, stay focused. Mm. <laughs> and it's it's so important because oftentimes, you know, from a theory perspective, we've been taught in management and leadership to dissect, to, oh, yeah. you know, to really yeah. kind of scrutinize, to look backwards in performance yeah. when what evidently is, is what we're learning now is that it's forward-looking, you know, it's being curious about the mistakes or the mishaps and then problem solving or, you know, co-creating so that there's something positive to look forward to with regards to resolve. You're so right. And I really have to undo a lot of years, like 15 years of um, a certain way of thinking where, especially from the accounting standpoint, mm-hmm. I look at a lot of history and you look at, well, what went wrong? And then you try to project mm-hmm. forward, but you're doing that from a negative space. So um, so now I, I acknowledge the past, um, but really try to cleanse the palate and, and neutralize and look like, well, where are we today? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what have, what have we got to build from today? And mm-hmm. yeah, that's <laughs> on learnings, uh, because <laughs> the accounting side of my brain is not necessarily helpful to the visioning side, mm-hmm. uh, the creative side. I can appreciate brain. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, this is, this has been really great, Susan. And we always like to ask our guests as we're coming to a close here, um, what are three words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear? You be you. That is what I would say to that. Ooh. You be you. I Just like that. Yeah. That's powerful. That resonates. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Susan. And we really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial insights with Intuitive Performance and our subscribers. Thank you. This was a great pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks for the opportunity and Let- the great work you're doing. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, And for those subscribers who would like to learn more about uh, Susan's business, we're going to provide a link uh, to the company profile on the Elevate Business Podcast title page. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuitiveperformance.com, where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other.
we are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.